Fade out. And like a flow. Like you never stopped, which you never did. So. I didn't. I have been continuing to podcast on the comedian next door. So luckily, my skills with the old roadcaster are still very sharp. <laughs> Good, because I'm sure mine are not. <laughs> I didn't at all have to just restart the recording and delete the first five seconds of silence from the other one. That did not happen. <laughs> I think she even said a cuss word. No, uh, I didn't. I'm sure I heard it. Mandy has changed for the worst. Well, was it a toddler cuss word? I didn't like, say oh, a fudge. Word. <laughs> I, I think I said, oh, shoot. I'll let you decide, oh, Carla, shoot. what she said. <laughs> uh, oh, all right. Well, anyway, here we are. Where's my water? Mm. Hey, Carla Am probably noticed there was just music, no words. <laughs> Because we've been gone a while, so not sure how it to... echoes our own silence from the past like six months. <laughs> yes, it was a metaphor. It's symbolic. <laughs> that was all by design. It was. Yeah, we actually sat down and definitely planned this. <laughs> mm, goodness. We're all in separate places except for Mandy and Tabby. Yes. In case Carla cares. Tabby and I are at my house. Everybody else is on video chat because, believe it or not, having 12 kids all under one roof once a week is getting less and less conducive to sitting down at the same table and recording. Like, somehow, we do have our limits, and somehow it's not always very easy to to stop mother, mothering and talk about mothering instead. Yeah. So. It got really rough when the quads stopped napping. Yeah, that happened yep. this year for the most part. Yep. Well, he that and I just not at Mandy's. It well in the rain. Yeah, it seems to rain every Wednesday, rain. except for the past month where we're like in a drought. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now they want to play with water, and so even if it's not raining from the sky, they want it to be raining from the garden hose, and then <laughs> and there's just a lot to do, and like. Quite frankly, I don't necessarily think it's been a bad thing to spend more time focusing on the groundwork, like doing the thing that we talk about doing all the time. Like, I don't think that it was a bad thing to spend the last three months or so of school focusing on being a better homeschool mom. And talking for myself here, like, I don't think it was bad for me to um, to just basically go dark on all social media for that time. That was Warren. Um, He's here too. Warren's here. To go dark on social media for that time and like read a bunch of stuff. I've been listening to sermons and podcasts. I've been like, I've been studying a lot about biological processes, like how blood sugar works and um, the relationship between 5-HTP and serotonin. Hit me up if you want to hear more about that. (laughs) Please do. Um, But yeah, I think, I just think that, also, it was by design. Like we we laugh, but it wasn't our design necessarily because I was taken out in December 
with some just severe insomnia and difficulty like eating and sleeping and uh, my heart wasn't beating properly. Basically anything that your body is expected to do, mine was not wanting to do. Um, so that was the physical side of things. But I think overall it's probably been a good thing um, like spiritually too and for my family to just kind of take everything back to the basics and figure out, you know, are we going in the right direction? Um, are we happy with the way that our daily lives are? If we're going to be telling other people how they should live their daily lives, like, do we know what we're talking about? And th- I think this last season has been all about that. What do you guys think? I think sure. that I emerged the, uh, what do we want to call it? The apex sister? Very quiet. I think I emerged the alpha sister at the end of all of this. What mm-hmm. do you think? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Out of all four of us? I would refer to you as the uh, empress, actually. Ooh, I do like that. No, uh, it, it was it was weird um, for me. I had a baby, as everybody has heard and knows, I think. And so I kept telling myself that I was doing just fine, but like, I also had a pretty rough time with not eating. I always slept. There's that. Like, Congratulations. Thank you. I didn't eat, though. <laughs> and I was, so it made me feel tired and crazy. And, like, Mandy going through all of her stuff um, probably shouldn't have, but sent me on my own little spiral because it's like, but if you're struggling, who's going to tell me what to do? Like, if you can't take care of me, I have to take care of me. And so there was a lot of that and learning how to not be so dependent and and learn to take care of you and not fall apart just because uh, you needed more help than I did for like once in our existence <laughs> in our entire lives. I think we all went through this weird season because we're all good about leaning on each other. We I think we always have been where we, we draw upon each other. We are willing to share each other's burdens. But this is season has been like, okay, now you have to stand on your own for a while. Don't be so dependent on your sisters. You know, where, where is your dependency actually coming from? Now, see, I've had the opposite. Like, the absolute, oh yeah, the absolute opposite. Having to learn how to rely on other people and not try Mm -hmm. to just handle everything on my own has been the name of the game. Um, Because everybody had a flip, their script flipped to what they needed. There was a lot of flexibility and a lot of back and forth too. Like I wouldn't even say that you could call, you could characterize everything as all like one way all the time. Like I think that day to day, it's been sort of a back and forth thing where I just have had to take it one day at a time to figure out how am I feeling today? Is it a day where I'm feeling particularly confident? Am I am I excited about life? Am, am I basking in the grace of God? Like is this is this looking up and positivity and things like that? And then all of a sudden the next day, like hit a wall again, feeling terrible, like blood pressure spiked for no apparent reason, you know, feeling nauseous, having no appetite, not, not having the greatest of visits to the restroom and we'll just leave it there. Like, you know, I just, it's been so bizarre trying, it's been really jarring trying to figure out, trying to tease out what is physical, what is spiritual and what am I going to get today? Because yesterday was one way and maybe it was good or maybe it was terrible, but just because yesterday was great or just because yesterday was awful doesn't mean that today will be the same way. And so I've been really clinging a lot to a couple of things. One, that 
God gives us grace for today that we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow and that the Lord's Prayer includes the phrase, give us our daily bread, not our weekly bread, not our monthly bread. Like there's no guarantees that I'm going to sleep tonight, you know, for example. There's no guarantee that tomorrow I'm going to have this really robust appetite and be eating, you know, well. Um, but but it's a day-to-day thing where I have to keep submitting to God over and over and over again and confessing my worries, confessing my doubts and my fears every day over and over and over again. So that's item number one. And then item number two, that we were we were created with physical bodies and we were created to exist in community. And those are two things that I've always known, but to actually have to live it out, to practice it and to depend on those truths has not been my experience until now. Like having to ask people to come and watch my kids while I go to doctor's appointments you know I was wearing a heart monitor for a while I went I had a sleep study done that was terrible that's probably a story for another day but (laughs) that was bizarre and terrible and yeah Um, but she had you had to learn how to rely on help and I had to learn to be okay that uh I was I was actually needed like I we joke but it was kind of true that like for the first time in my life I was felt like I was playing the role of the big sister where like, you know, there was a moment that sticks out where you were kind of upset on the porch and I went internal and I went, I'm okay. Like, like I, she's, she's having this little crisis and like, I'm speaking words to her that she has said to me 500 yeah. times and I'm doing okay. I'm and- on three days of no sleep and Tabby's the one with the newborn. <laughs> And I wasn't I, crying. I think I went through her postpartum depression for her. I think that might have been what happened. Yeah, like it was this weird, like I, I, when I almost had permission almost to be like, okay, I can be okay even if she's not. In fact, she might even need that. She might need me to tell her all the things she's always told me and remember it, help her remember all the wisdom that she's passed on. And it was weird for a while. Yeah. One of the questions I think that I've asked, and there've been bazillions of them, there's no way that you can summarize like the racing thoughts that occur to you when you're awake all night and you're having these weird, like neurological issues that you can't even really describe. Like it's hard to describe, but um, one of the thoughts that occurred to me was, um, how do you know that you really believe a thing? Like, what is the nature of belief? Because the Bible talks about how God is pleased by faith and he's pleased by our belief in his son Christ. Um, and and so I'm like, well, how do I know that I really believe a thing? Because I've always said this stuff and I do, I will continue to say that I believe that the Bible is the word of God and that, you know, Jesus died for my sins and all these things. But at the same time, Like, there's no doubt about it. When I'm not eating properly and when I'm going on, like, two hours of sleep and and my blood pressure is doing weird things that it, I don't know why it's doing them, it affects me in a way that doesn't feel like faithfulness or it doesn't feel like, you know, the fruits of the Spirit are coming from me. Like, and so how do I know, like, how do you measure that? How do you measure the fruits of the Spirit? How do you know for sure that you have really internalized these truths um, is it a feeling? Because we've talked about feelings tons and tons on this podcast. And I don't think that that it is. But at the same time, God does give us our feelings. And it does seem very cruel. You know, it does seem unfair at times when you go days and days and days not feeling the way that you are accustomed to feeling when truth is spoken or when, you know, scripture is read or when somebody gives you some really good, solid advice 
when it doesn't feel like it used to feel. It doesn't it doesn't give you encouragement or yeah. like kick you yeah. into that, oh, I can put my shoulders down. Yeah, yeah. When you're still tense, when your body is still experiencing like the symptoms of anxiety and panic attacks and, you know, who knows what else was going on internally um, and physically. When that's going on, it has a way of making you step back and and question things. So one of the things I know for sure we've we've talked about on this podcast before is when you're in those periods of stress, doubt, anxiety, whatever, um, the one thing that you should not do is stand up, grab the nearest microphone and start pontificating. And so that's something I think that we did well, something that, you know, I knew at least I actually felt like I knew too. It wasn't one of those things I was doubting. <laughs> one, one of the few things I wasn't doubting um, was I do not need to be telling other people how to live right now. I just need to spend this time praying, seeking wisdom, you know, and, and asking God to restore, um, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and a few other things before I will feel like I've got the peace to move forward and, and resume if I ever feel like I have the the peace to move forward and resume <laughs> that's podcasting. Me. I vowed like four hundred times. I was like, "That's never it. again. I'm never podcasting again. Never <laughs> I'm done." And like, there she was literally like, said that like twenty minutes ago as well, Carla. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. it's amazing she's here right she's like, now. Well, you don't have to do it with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> pardon me while I lean over and and hurl. So that that was that was my reason for taking a break. And like I said, I was still on dad's podcast, but it really is his podcast. And we talked about this a lot on the comedian next door, especially a a couple of months ago where we were like, maybe I'm hypoglycemic. And isn't it weird how God made us creatures that need to have food daily or else things get out of whack, you know, or maybe I'm just really chronically dehydrated, or maybe I have this weird neurological thing that was triggered by having COVID. I don't know. Still don't really know. But we talked about it on that podcast. And the reason that I didn't feel like we could really pick up this one was because two reasons. One, when we get together, we have all of these kids. And I don't want, I was having a really hard time focusing on the basics of parenting and the basics of glorifying God with my daily life. And I didn't feel like we could you know, take away from, it was taking all of my focus, all of my concentration, you know, to, um, to be a good God honoring mother, to not snap at my kids, to not, um, to not get irritable with my husband, to not just wallow in self-pity 24 hours a day, you know, what was me. And so I wasn't in a good place to podcast for that reason. Um, and, and then, yeah, number two, I knew that it wasn't wise to, to, pretend like I had all of these, you know, things to contribute to others when really what I needed, what I was hearing that I needed was to ask others for their input and for their help for a while. Um, And so that's, that's one of many things that I've been having to learn very slowly over the last few months. Um, And thankfully, I think that I think that this is a thing that's going to continue. This whole learning thing, leaning on others, oh. like <laughs> that part I think is is good and will actually be a lesson that I carry forward. Joe said, you're the only person I know who hates growth. And I said, I don't hate growth. I just hate knowing that I was so deplorable beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... I think this is going to be a thing that continues. We're going to like have to keep growing and right. keep getting better. And it's like, ugh. Right. 
Dang. Yeah. Oh, there's stuff we've picked up about perfectionism, things yeah. we've picked up about um, productivity. We all read Douglas Wilson's book about plodding along one little bit at a time. That hit you pretty hard. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize before like how much I decided things weren't even worth starting if I couldn't finish them like in two solid hours or in 12 solid hours. Like if I could just spend all day just doing one thing until I finally got it finished, then I'd be okay. But if I couldn't finish it fast enough, quote unquote, then I wouldn't even start. And yeah, I think it's funny, like, because I didn't know that about myself until I read this book. And he's like, oh, yeah, you could read one whole book in a year if you read five minutes at a time. And I'm like, five minutes at a time? What's the point? <laughs> but, but I think there is a point, which is why I'm still plodding along painting my shed after, like, four solid weeks, I think. Yeah. <laughs> of painting an well, hour a day or so. Yeah. And I noticed it with I, you when we Did we I read that once. book? <laughs> did you I not read a bunch it? of other books. I don't know. You should. I think it's in your stack, Marla. What was it called? Plot-activity. Plot-activity. Yeah. I think dad has it. Okay, yeah, I haven't read it yet. But I read um, Loving the Little Years and some of the others that were really In a good. similar vein. Same family. I love that one, too. Yeah. But it practical was- advice. Like, good practical advice for how to live like a Christian in your daily life. Beyond just pray and read the Bible, which are both very good things. But, like practically how do you do it how much how much should you do at a time like is it worth it to even begin a thing if you know you're not going to see the fruit of that labor for sometimes months and months and months and I would have subconsciously answered no to that question before I'd be like no not worth it um and I think some of my burnout with homeschooling has been attributed to that too like it's such a long process it's such a marathon and, you know, so much of it is spent um, doing little tiny things that don't feel like progress at all until you go for months and then take a step back and look at where you are. But, like, to look at it too closely, it's like I didn't do anything at all, at all. Um, <laughs> and so it can be discouraging. So, yeah, that book was really, really helpful. And I don't know that I would have read it if I hadn't been humbled and sort of in a place of desperation for um, – for advice, you know, for a bit of help. For I was looking outside of myself for the first time in a while. Um, and and so for that reason, because of that humility that was born out of suffering, I've read a lot of stuff <laughs> these last, like... Five minutes at five a time. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes more than five minutes at a time. But yeah, I, I even picked up um, Lord of the Flies last night, even though I was exhausted. Oh. And I only probably read for about five minutes before I fell asleep. I usually do more than that. But last night it was only five. But last night it was Lord of the Flies, and that book stinks. Does it stink? <laughs> I don't know. I've actually never read it. It's not bad so far. It's a classic. So Well, we I haven't finished yet, but the Taking Thoughts Captive course. Yep. Yep. That's um, another thing that I've found as a result of, um, like, need, you know, a sense of, a sense of, I am so not perfect that I am like, that I'm needing help here. Like I've, I've always said I'm not perfect, but you know, like I'm now feeling it on such a level that I'm like in a place where I'm, I'm willing to reach out for help. And so we found this course, I found this course from Sunshine Gray called Taking Thoughts Captive. Um, that's another verse that's been really important to me in this season because Again, I do believe that our that truth is beyond our feelings. 
um, and that God gave us our minds for a reason and that we're supposed to um, be masters over our bodies and be masters of our, you know, emotions and to bring them into submission to God. Um, and so hearing her say all of those things was, first of all, encouraging, and then also gave me the ability to kind of trust her with some of the techniques that maybe I wasn't already familiar with. And some, you know, her recommendations, she combines um, biblical counseling with cognitive behavioral therapy, which is like shown in many cases to be more effective than like pharmaceuticals in treating yeah. depression and anxiety and stuff like that. Surprise, surprise. I, yeah. I haven't started the course mostly because that when I tried, I couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah. So I need to try again. <laughs> how far are you, Marla, in that course? Um, <laughs> She's I think I finished the, the first session, <laughs> the first part. Okay. I am two thirds of the way through. Wow. Good job, Megan. Megan gets a gold star. I'm going to plod through it. I'm going to try to do it at nap times. It's just been, as we have all said, a, a crazy season. And so it, stuff for me is starting to actually feel normal again and slow again. And so it's like, okay. I'm going to try to do the whole, you know, when I get time, I'm going to do it a little bit at a time. But I did get an email from her course because you could put on an emailing list. Yeah. And it was like, because it says your name. So it's like, hey, Tabby, do you have defensive thoughts? Here's now not to get defensive. And no joke. My first thought was like, I don't get defensive. How does she, why does she think I get defensive? And I laughed and I was like, well, crap. And so I ended up reading that little article and like, it was really helpful. I've been actually taking a lot of strides in like defensive thinking and yeah. it's been doing not just wonders for me, but like my family, cause I didn't even realize I was doing it. And so I was like, ah, I need to start that course. I need to go get it done. I kept picking up books and reading. I've, I'm finishing up a book and then I'm going to focus on the course and let that be my book. Oh, good idea. I'm done with it. Yeah, plot away. I just want to read my books at night and I need to finish those so I can finish the course. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, some of the things that I went through were um, like Carla knows, I stopped doing social media for a while and then I got on TikTok and that was actually really fun for me because it, it just felt like a, a fun outlet that I could make social media fun again, because for a while I just felt like I was battling people all the time um, with some of the things that I would put out on my, on my personal page. And we have talked a little bit about it, um, but it just made me irritable with my kids. And I, I don't want to, like Mandy had mentioned too, that it, I had sent her a TikTok video a while back and she mentioned that it, it makes her a bad mom. And I was like, that resonated with me so much when I see something that like triggers me or just like frustrates me in the world. Um, and then if I post something about it and I have a conversation with people, sometimes my motives weren't good. Like I would post something because I wanted a reaction from somebody because I desired communication with people. And um, I realized that that would just make me like Mandy was saying, make me like, frustrated with my kids, even though it's not their fault. They don't know that I'm having this intense conversation with someone. And um, that's part of the reason why I put some of that away. Um, so TikTok was a fun outlet. And then it was also fun because I could like include my kids in it. And it, whereas with Instagram, I wasn't really doing as much of, of that, but um, I deleted the app recently because it can be kind of addicting to be scrolling through. But 
anyways, the taking thoughts captive, one of the things that I feel like I went through was um, to stop telling myself that I hated my husband. <laughs> and him and I've had that discussion. I've told him that. So I feel like it's it's okay to say that on here. But I was telling myself these things. And because I was saying that, my reaction towards him was bad. And I just, I totally had to reframe my thoughts. And it was so ironic when Mandy had sent us that course, because I was like, yes, this is, I was, I was already on the verge of beginning to do that because I realized how destructive my thoughts were, um, not just for like my brain, but for the, the relationship with Tim. Um, and so luckily I was able to make that change. And that's part of the reason why I haven't continued more at the course. Cause I feel like that was a huge piece that really needed adjusted. And I feel like I've worked on that, but I do want to continue with the course, but I've been doing a lot more homemaking stuff, making things from scratch, which is fun. It used to be a passion of mine. I have a garden and Megan has helped encourage me in that way. It's just given me things to do that have kind of like taken away this itch of feeling like I have to throw my thoughts out on the internet all the time or which I think is a hard thing with stay at home moms. You're just home with your kids and you don't always have that social aspect besides with the sisters. And it's um, slow because so your progress is so stinking slow that you want to yeah. go on the internet where things happen a little bit faster and you can get yeah. responses a little bit quicker. Yes, very true. Um, but the garden has definitely just like helped me slow down. And then I got back into reading and I feel like I'm just doing some things that I love again. And I, as corny as it sounds, like, I feel like I just needed a little bit of like a soul reset or I needed a priority adjustment and I needed, um, I need that my reasons for posting things on social media to be yay. Like yay. Roe versus Wade was overturned. Not who was going to fight me. Who's going to hop in my inbox and just battle it out with me. Cause I was just like, ready to I'm fight. Pretty and sure it was one like, time Marla just posted, Hey, want to fight? 3 p.m. my inbox. Catch me outside. How yeah. about that? I'm the one with the hands. Pretty sure. Catch me in my inbox. Not really, but I might as well have posted that because that was a lot. Some uh, some of the times when I posted, it was very much this attitude of wanting to fight with people. And yeah, well, it's I just, it's not who I am. I don't even know what happened. It's just like, it was almost addicting to just see who saw it, see what people had to say. And right. Well, and I think that way, I think it's complicated because like I mentioned before, thoughts are quick and racing thoughts are even quicker. And I think mm -hmm. I read somewhere, this may not be exactly accurate and I don't know how people would know anyway, but I've heard that like <laughs> you can think four times faster than you can speak or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and That's I found that true. to be, you know, at least it seems like it's true. Um, and so it's going to be really, really hard once again for us to summarize all of the various like thoughts that have occurred to us or like smaller trials that we've kind of run into or temptations that we've overcome. Lessons that are good. Lessons that we've learned in the last, you know, six months or so. Like I, I think that this is going to be slowly coming out over the next few months, both on <sighs> dad's podcast and, you know, Lord willing this one too. Just little bits of lessons learned are going to be coming forth over time. I was still sharing things that I had learned from my first bout with insomnia and anxiety and depression, you know, prior to 
ending the first season of the Four Sisters mm-hmm. podcast, I I was still referring back to eight years ago when Colin was born and things that I learned and things that I had to untangle and thoughts that, that you know, the Holy Spirit planted within me, things like that. And now here we have like round two, as far as I'm concerned, of this really devastating, terrible suffering. Like, I don't even know how to describe it, but I do think that over time, you know, bits of it will become relevant and we'll be able to share as mm-hmm. as needed or as, you know, as Jesus gives us permission. Um, <laughs> so, but that's one of the things, it's hard to describe, but one of the things that I was learning and one of the things that I've thought a lot about lately has been how difficult communication is and how hard it is to really feel known and understood mm-hmm. by other humans when, you know, you're this very quick thinking <laughs> you know, isolated person and you've got, you know, you live in your head all the time. You're the only one who really lives inside your own head. And you're the only one who really knows completely what you're feeling at any given moment or what you're thinking. Um, and so how do we, how do we still live in community? How do we still support each other as sisters? How do we still try to communicate and teach our children? You know, all of these things. How do you, how do you have genuine relationships with people when it's so blink and difficult to, talk and when you're limited by you know your ability to express yourself in english and your mouth moves four times less quickly than your brain does or whatever (laughs) you know all of that has been kind of on my mind and i don't know that i have solid answers on you know every single one of those questions but um but i have been inspired to continue to plot along anyway to continue to um to continue to express what little pieces of truth I have had revealed to me, you know, through God's grace um, and do the best that I can and not rush ahead to this like black and white thinking, which comes from the taking thoughts captive course, like not to rush ahead to, oh, this is probably pointless or, oh, I know how this person is going to be. They're going to receive it wrong or, oh, I'm going to post this on social media and then I'm going to get a bunch of hate for it or whatever. Like, to leave some of that stuff to, you know, to God, to leave some of that to um, exterior, external sources and just do the next right thing, to just take mm-hmm. my daily bread and glorify God with it um, and and eat it, not to starve myself, <laughs> you know, even if I'm not hungry. Don't just stare at the bread. Don't stare at the bread. Don't ask yourself if it really could be nutritionally valuable. Don't over-spiritualize the bread. Don't just, over-spiritualize it. Just eat it. I don't know. It's, guys, it is so weird how we've been created. We don't even stop to think about the fact that, like, every day we need calories and it changes your everything. Like, yes, we have. That's all we've talked about for like the past six well, months. Well, yes, you, we, I mean, we have, but like the culture does, I don't think Carla or any other listeners realize just how miraculous this whole like food thing is. And like when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, it's like that means so much more when I realized that I went like 26 or 28 hours without eating anything by mistake. I didn't do it on purpose, but I, I did. And right. I, we just don't feel hungry. I That's almost passed out on the floor. Like, no joke. I about, I about blacked out. And I was like, what is wrong with me? What's going on? Something is, something is wrong. Well, I hadn't eaten my daily bread guys. <laughs> For the record, I understand. <laughs> 
I don't want to be included in this not knowing. But you don't think about it. Like, do you, how often do you stop and think about the importance of, like, feeding feeding yourself and feeding your children? You do it every day because you get hungry. But if you, like don't Tabby and I, have appetite issues when you're feeling sick, and it has to suddenly become, like, this act of your will to feed yourself anyway, it becomes an act of faith to sit down and eat because you're like, I don't want this. But weirdly i need it like i need this and i will feel so much worse if i don't and i can tell you it's true that is true when i when i had caden and i was dealing with just a new baby there were periods of time like i had to start keeping track i had to start a food diary yeah because never in my life had i been so distracted by something that i would forget to eat that's just not who i am yep i'm like what's what i'm kind of got things figured out in terms of food. And I think it goes back to just tracking ma- ma- macros and fitness and all that stuff. But yeah, I did forget. And I very quickly understood when I had gone only even five hours. And I was like, I feel so terrible. I feel so bad. Why do I feel bad? See, my thing is I'll even deny it then. Like the last time I went a really long time, we ended up having a date night, Joe and I. And by the end of it, I was like, crying we were fighting I was like so mad and I felt so awful and then it occurred to me like I did kind of what Mandy did where I had been like 14 16 like a crazy amount of hours without any food and I was like well what's even the point now it's like 10 o'clock at night I'm just gonna wait until the morning because it's not really gonna do anything and blah 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 blah. and he finally like was like you're gonna eat this you're (laughs) gonna eat it now because I'm ready to kill you and (laughs) I, I ate something and then immediately wanted to eat like everything in the house. Yeah. And within like 15 minutes, I was an entirely different person. Like yeah. I epitomized the Snickers commercial. Right. And I was like, I did not think. Yeah. I was like in yeah. my wildest dreams, I had no idea that it could make that much of a difference. Like I right. thought I would still be wildly angry after all this. And I was not. I was like, right. oh, you think you'll be full and angry and still feel like crap yeah. but you don't and i know everybody else is listening like well yeah you idiot like, uh-huh. <laughs> i know and i told I luke i feel conversation, guys. <laughs> i told luke i feel stupid i was like i know people would hear that thought like if i share uh, this out loud people are like what is wrong with you even newborns come out knowing what hunger feels like like i know but it's crazy when you stop and think about like how big of a difference it makes and how like the types of food that you're eating actually influences it. And the amount of exercise you're getting influences things. Like all these variables that we we want to just like take a pill in this culture and have that fix everything. No, I just didn't want to have to eat. But yeah, <laughs> food and food and water and exercise can just like change your whole everything. That's all I have to say on that. Just changes everything. Eat and drink and be merry. Yes. I actually need a theological excuse to do it too. Like that's how I am. I need somebody to show me in the Bible what, why this makes sense. And then I can suddenly accept that what my experience has been is true. It's like, okay, it seems like this is important maybe, but show me in the Bible how I can trust that that's actually the fact. And yes, there is plenty in the Bible, again, with the daily bread thing and the I am the bread of life thing that, that indicates that this is reliable. This is trustworthy. It's This is a saying that you can count on. You need to eat both physical <laughs> food and your spiritual food as well. So um, we're a little bit over the 30-minute mark, which I figured we would, but I want to hear what Megan has been going through other than gardening, although I'm 
absolutely positive there will be some references to the garden and oh probably boy. some metaphors. Yeah, Carla, you have missed so many amazing gardening analogies because that's basically all I speak about now. Um, I won't really talk about the garden too much, to be honest, but it is tangentially related. Um, my big lesson right now is how to be an amateur again. Because I officially ended my job in December. And I think we had like one podcast that were like, hey, Megan quit. And then I basically stopped doing everything. <laughs> I Looking back, I'm like, oh, it was burnout. Like I was severely burnt out. I had published multiple children's books in the past year. I was wrapping up a job that I was working many hours a week at. I was trying to get through homeschooling. Um, and we were constantly sick like all the yeah, systems yeah, families so that too it was like every yeah. other week we were hitting sickness so yeah. like even leaving the house just didn't happen much because somebody was always sick so it, it was burnout in this really extreme way where I couldn't even plot so I, I really liked that book productivity and it explained why I was able to publish so much in the past year but I would sit at my computer these past few months, open it up and sit and just stare for those five, 15 minutes, even an hour. And I would start having panic attacks about it. Um, it was just a very strange feeling of having come from a very productive year to almost not being immobilized, being kind of paralyzed by everything. Um, and then my husband asked me to start a garden this year. Because he kind of, I don't know, he just saw prices of stuff starting rising. And he was like, you're going to be outside a lot. Our kids are getting older to where you don't have to make sure they're not going to do, I don't know, death-defying things as much on the playground. Um, I think this would be good for you. Because I think he also saw me kind of getting paralyzed a lot in my my task. My every, every everyday task was just seemed overwhelming. And he thought it'd be good for me. And so I started doing that and I started killing everything immediately. Um, <laughs> if you've never tried starting seeds indoors and you don't know what you're doing, things die pretty easily. It's very dependent on you taking care of them like a newborn child. But I, I overloved them and I overwatered my stuff and they all died. Um, so one thing I learned was to reach out to a mentor, my neighbor, a very elderly man. I uh, didn't want to do that either. Because uh, I'm kind of introverted. So the thought of like going and knocking on somebody's door that I have talked to once in my life and asking for help um, was hard. It was really hard. Uh, which sounds stupid now because now we're like besties and he's like a second grandpa to me. And, you know, he Super comes down. We, we walk to each other's gardens and, you know, he's just fantastic. He's the he's probably the best part of what's happened in the last six months for sure. Um but it was this this fear of starting anything new that I I wasn't already an expert in. So going from 10 years of experience in a job to starting multiple new things and getting over that vulnerability. Right. Um, it's the perfectionism I was talking about. And uh -huh. the, the feeling of what's the point if I'm not going to do it perfectly, if it's not yep. going to be you know a couple of hours of hard work. Like I'm not opposed to hard work, but I want to know exactly how long and how much it's going to be in advance. And yeah, there's a very marathon aspect to gardening, similar to homeschooling, similar to raising children, that yeah. you're like, I don't feel like this is doing anything. Like, because, yeah, because you don't just throw water on it one time and then bloop, out they come. 
Right. It's not an immediate reward by any means, especially gardening. And you're constantly maintaining this thing that you're not even sure, like a pest could kill it in a second. You know, like it really is in God's hands once you put it out into the real world out in that garden and you can do the best you can, but you're not guaranteed a reward for all your hard work either. So that's, it's scary and it's, it's nerve wracking, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I have to give up control over this because I don't have control over this. I can do the best I can with it and, and pray. What is that Proverbs? Um, Prepare for the worst. What is that? Prepare for the worst, do your best, and then trust God for victory. I think that's it. Somebody can verse check me. Yeah. I don't know. Get on it, Carla. The CK Chesterton, Chesterton quote that really kind of I don't know, shook me out of my paralysis was the um, anything worth doing is worth doing badly. And that's not an excuse for like doing things poorly. It's just uh, it's worth doing it for yourself. It's not just yourself, but your family. It's worth doing by yourself Um, and just getting started. And it's okay. It's okay if it fails. You can do it poorly for a while. Well, I would add to I would add that, you know, you're you said you're not guaranteed the fruits of your labor. And I know what you mean by that, because like you said, like the plants that come up may get eaten yes. by moths. vegetables and actual fruits. Yeah. Not necessarily. You'll get a reward in probably a different way. Right. And that's, that's important too. like to believe uh, that everything, cause, cause um, while Jesus says that none of his words return empty or void, um, they, they accomplish what he desires. That's what the scripture is. Um, and so we have to have faith. We have to trust that good comes from all of our efforts. But oh, the good nice. might not look like what we thought it was going to be. It might not look like carrots. You know, the good may not look like this abundant harvest of strawberries. It may look like moth-eaten strawberries. And then our job is to go, all right, how is this good? Like, <laughs> what is it that this has actually taught me? How is six months of, you know, insomnia and like depression, how is that good? What is the thing? How do I take this thought captive and look at it from God's perspective so that I can see it accurately and with that heavenly perspective as opposed to seeing it from this earthly perspective where the only thing that I would call good is being able to eat this food that I've worked so stinking hard to pull out of the ground, you know, for all of this time. And so, yeah, there there is always a blessing or I should say there's always that reward that's op- um, available. It's an option, but it's kind of kind of a work in progress for all of us to learn how to recognize it and to um, to thank God for all of what He provides, even when what He provides is, you know, a a bunch of hail that like knocks down all of our corn or whatever. Like, or what did you do to your broccoli, Megan? Did, oh yeah, <laughs> what did broccoli. you do? How was your broccoli a blessing? this year. <laughs> oh my goodness. Does Carla really want to hear about my broccoli? I do. <laughs> oh, geez. My it blessed me. It blessed <laughs> And you know what? Uh, I haven't told you guys. So this is new for you too. So my broccoli was very tiny. I just, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It got really tiny and I was like, I'm going to put it in the ground anyways and just see what happens. And then it got huge, but it got huge leaves. there's like no actual broccoli for floret like there's no broccoli like what you think is broccoli so I just had these massive leaves that are like (laughs) this gigantic um you could probably take two of them 
and swaddle a baby, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> like, make a little, like, baby sleeping bag with them. That's how big they are. And so I was like, well, darn it. It's, and it's, we're going through a heat wave here in Indiana where there's just, you know, a drought and a heat wave. And so everything I read said, there's no, you're, you're doomed. There's no florets. Like, it's going to bolt. Like, it's, it's done for. Just pull it and then hope for a fall crop later. And I was like, okay, that, that stinks. But I guess you can just eat the leaves. And so I contacted the sisters. I was like, do you guys want some broccoli leaves? Because broccoli I have sheets, plenty. some broccoli yeah, pillowcases. <laughs> you can sleep with and make clothing out of like Adam and Eve going back to really back to the garden guys. Nobody made clothing, but uh, I did start hacking up these plants, right? And and there's just so much out there. And I was like, I'll just get to it in a couple weeks, you know, when I have a little bit more time. And so a couple weeks go by and I go out there to hack more leaves off. And gosh, darn it, y'all, there's there's actual florets growing Aww, in this heat wave. They're just and I was like, oh, no, because I hacked off so many leaves of so many of them. I pulled a couple already. Huh. And so I learned a I learned a valuable lesson is to not listen to strangers on the internet. And so, sometimes God can make miracles happen. Like, uh, could that be like related to the fact that you pulled some of the leaves? So now the energy is going back to the florets or oh, something? That's true. Like you pruned them? I don't I know. Have no idea. Like there's not I mean, I tried to Google like why is this happening? And <laughs> it's it's just a miracle. Is that what it's you like Googled? manna from heaven. It's manna. What why is this happening? Then? <laughs> <laughs> Help, Dr. Ask Jeeves. Jeeves, what, what's so happening? Is, like some of them are producing florets and then others are just like, nah, we're good. Yep. We're good. Hey, if it so makes I'm you feel better, my in-laws have had a garden. Pray over your broccoli people. They've had a garden for years and years. I mean, at least as long as Joe and I have been alive. So like 27 years. Uh, and they still struggle growing broccoli. She's like, it's just really hard to grow. She's mm-hmm. like, especially in Indiana. Like, so don't kick yourself too hard. Well, I mean... I do like that I live in Indiana because God gives us technically two cold growing seasons for cold crops. Yep. We get a spring, which was like the hottest spring in records. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get a fall as well. So I'm hoping I got mine started inside now. So hopefully I can get in the ground and actually get some florets. But yeah, but our summer is also the devil's armpit. So, you know, I know it's just been terrible. So yeah. Plant a garden though. Plant a garden, Carla. Plant a garden and you (laughs) will hear much about the garden from Megan this year. You will hear much from me about sleep and the theology of sleep. I actually did Google that straight up. Theology of sleep because I'd never heard a sermon on it. And like I've heard a lot lately about the importance of making things with your hands, the importance of, you know, teaching your children, the importance of respecting your spouse, like things like that. But um, as far as like... The purpose of sleep and how that can affect us spiritually if we're, you know, either not getting enough or getting too much. I knew it was probably important because all of us do it, but like I had never heard anybody really unpack it from a theological perspective. So I can share what I learned in that regard. Um, And you're going to hear from Marla about taking thoughts captive and um, social media and taking breaks from social media. Oh, and adventuring together. That's another thing I know Mm, they've been talking a lot about. And you won't hear from me. And Tabby's just not going to say anything. This is my last podcast ever. No. Tabby is getting dragged into every single podcast, kicking and screaming. <laughs> make her little like quips and stuff like that. And then she'll be like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then she'll fight us before the next one. Uh-huh. It was fine. It was fine. Rinse and repeat. So 
I don't know which one of these buttons is our theme song, or I will play it. I would play it. No, just hit one. <laughs> Let's try this. Oh wait, no, that's the intro. That's that's all right. We're out of. I practice. like that too. It's very quiet. Well, let's do outro instead, though. That would be more appropriate. Thank. Nope, nope. That was almost Marla saying thank you for joining us. Well, that's the <gasps> Did outro. I tell you guys I have two apples? Oh wow! Where'd you get them? Two apples. Apple tree. Where did I get them? Garden, They're remember. like really tiny. They're about the size of a quarter right now. But Aww. I have officially oh two apples on my wow. new apple trees. There we oh. go. Can you hear Finley it? said bye. Oh. Do, 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 do. What's crazy is we can hear Warren. And the last time we podcasted with Warren, he was like a newborn. A newborn. Baby, yeah. baby. You probably could hear him then too. Yeah. All right. Bye. 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 Goodbye.